This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame, so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Heidi Murkoff, and I'm a mom on a mission, a mission to help you know what to expect every step of the way. Sure, you've had a vagina your whole life, but how much do you really know about it? If you're like most women, not all that much, beyond some of the obvious stuff. Chances are you know even less about the miraculous muscles that support your vagina, along with your uterus, your bladder, and your bowels, your pelvic floor muscles. Not surprisingly, your pelvic floor muscles are pretty pivotal when you're pregnant and when there's a lot more that needs supporting. And even if your baby doesn't end up exiting the building via your vagina, pregnancy can take a toll on your pelvic floor. Pee when you laugh or cough, had hip, 
back, pelvic or pubic pain or pressure, that's your pelvic floor muscles talking. It's time to listen up and to listen to today's guest. You may have heard of the Vagina Whisperer, but her real name is Sarah Reardon, and she's a pelvic floor therapist, and she's a mom of two boys. So she and her pelvic floor have been there and done that. Today, she'll talk about pregnancy aches and pains, what's normal, what's not, and how to prepare your pelvic floor for childbirth, postpartum, and beyond. So welcome, Sarah. Hi, Heidi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. And I have to say our vaginas and pelvic floors also thank you. (laughs) Happy to be of service. (laughs) I have to say, it's the first person to say penis on national television. I'm really jealous about your title. How did you become the Vagina Whisperer? So it was actually a title given to me. So um, I started in the field of pelvic floor physical therapy right out of grad school in 2007. And there weren't a lot of pelvic floor physical therapists back then. And I would see my college friends every summer and I would end up in the hot tub with their moms talking about bladder issues and leakage. And all of my friends said, she's like the vagina whisperer. And then when I started my Instagram account a few years later, it was for that group of friends So I kind of started it, you know, just as a joke. And then here we are, you know, four years later. Today, we're going to focus on caring for your pregnant pelvic floor and all the whys in house. But before we get into that, can you give us just a little bit of pelvic floor 101? Like what's down there on the floor? Why is it there? Why do you need it? I mean, is it a case of you don't know what you till it's gone. So a little bit of all of those things. And I think this is a great place to start because a lot of people don't know what is the pelvic floor, what does it do, and how the heck is their physical therapy for it. So all people have a pelvic floor, female, male, all genders. And the pelvic floor is actually a basket of muscles that sit at the base of the pelvis. So we're all familiar with, you know, the bones of the pelvis, but at the very base is a hammock of muscles that support your organs, like your bladder, your rectum, in females, the uterus and ovaries, and males, the prostate. And those muscles support those organs, and they also have sphincters that help hold in pee, hold in poop, and then assist with vaginal birth and vaginal intercourse. So how do you know if you need to see a pelvic floor therapist? Is it something that should be routine for all pregnant women? Is it covered by insurance? Is it something your your doctor should refer you or your midwife? Right. So, you know, we see folks coming in if they find us online, if they hear about us from a friend or oftentimes referred by physicians, OBGYNs and midwives. The way that you should see one is that if you have any issues with bladder health, like urinary leakage, overactive bladder, difficulty emptying your stream, chronic urinary tract infections, pooping issues like constipation, fecal incontinence, or sexual health with respect to painful intercourse or the inability to have intercourse or painful orgasms. So the muscles play a role in bowel health, bladder health, and sexual health, but they also go through a huge transformation during pregnancy and birth, as you and I both know. So that's really where I feel like physical therapy should be standard care for women during pregnancy to prevent issues, help them prepare for childbirth, and then postpartum to help with recovery. So pelvic floor physical therapy really falls under physical therapy. So if your insurance 
covers physical therapy, which most of them do, and you find a clinic that does take insurance, then you can absolutely go and see a physical therapist and it's covered under insurance. Oftentimes, some clinics are what we call out of network, which means they don't contract with insurances, but we provide you a receipt or what we call a super bill that you can send into your insurance for out of network reimbursement. So there are a lot of options out there to help support moms if you have insurance and also if you're working with a therapist who doesn't accept it. And, you know, I talk a lot about Kegels. And in fact, I'm doing them right now because I can't talk about them without doing them. But can you explain from a physical therapist perspective how Kegels work, who they're right for, and how we can make sure we're doing them correctly? It's a great question. And that could be an entire episode, Kegels, because... But um, to start with the basics, Kegels are contractions of the pelvic floor. So when we think about a muscle in our body, like our bicep, you bend your elbow and your bicep contracts. With the pelvic floor, a Kegel is like you're squeezing and lifting that hammock of muscle. So you're closing the sphincter where urine exit, closing the anus where gas or poop exits and kind of, you know, lifting up. My favorite cue to tell people is think about you're sipping up a smoothie with your vagina because it's not a tightening. It's really kind of a, a pulling up and lift. And it's a totally weird cue, but it somehow works. Um, So, you know, that's to strengthen the pelvic floor. And you bring up a great point, Heidi, that not everybody maybe needs to do strengthening. A lot of us have weakness, but a lot of us also have tension and Kegels would not be the appropriate exercise for that person. So they need to relax instead. Yes. And I would say that a lot of folks out there have pelvic floor tension and need to relax before they start strengthening. That's a great point. Does that mean that a mom who's already had a baby or two will benefit more from Kegels than a first time mom? That I think is hard to say. We do know that more often we have weakness postpartum because, again, if we think about those muscles like a hammock, a hammock holding an avocado in week 10 is different than a hammock holding a watermelon in week 40. So just by the course of pregnancy, our muscles get lengthened and relaxed and aren't as supportive or strong. However, again, a lot of folks still have tension after a cesarean birth, after perineal tearing, there can be muscle tension, um, Again, Kegels may not be the first thing to start with. So we see second time moms a lot who want to prepare for birth. Oftentimes they have weakness, but then they also may have tension and want to kind of just prevent some issues along the way. So we've talked about just about every pregnancy symptom at some point in this show. And I can say pretty much most of them suck. (laughs) Most women are not a fan of pregnancy (laughs) symptoms, Um, maybe with the exception of bigger boobs or better hair, Um, but a lot of the hair, the hair is definitely a good side effect of pregnancy. Uh, But let's get into some of the symptoms that might be impacted by your pelvic floor. And of course, there's peeing. And there are lots of reasons why you pee up a storm when you are pregnant. I mean, there's all those hormones. There's the position of your uterus, which is one of the reasons why you pee so much early in pregnancy. And, you know, if you're peeing a lot uh, or you have that urgency all the time or you're having burning, sometimes you might have a UTI. So there's lots of different reasons But what is normal and what is not when it comes to pregnancy pee? And how is it related to your pelvic floor? Yeah, urinary function is a big one when it comes to pregnancy. And we often do find ourselves going more often, again, because of pressure on the bladder, more fluid in our bodies. 
Urinary leakage is a common symptom, but I wouldn't say it's a normal symptom. So when you start experiencing urinary leakage with a cough or a sneeze or with exercise, it's those muscles aren't holding in pee as well as we would want them to. So that means there's a muscle issue. And that's when I would really say start working with a physical therapist, because that means that's not necessarily going to get better after childbirth and then postpartum. And so it's something that you want to start addressing when it happens and it won't necessarily just go away. So I think urinary leakage is probably the most common. Another common issue is prolapse. So this is sounds scary and it's not as scary as it sounds, but the bladder starts to kind of drop down a little bit into the pelvic floor muscles. So it feels like pressure, heaviness, something's falling out. That's again, common because of all the pressure from above, or if we have a high intensity athlete who does running and jumping, it's just more pressure over time. That's another common bladder symptom that people may experience. How common is that? And how would you know? So we go often based by symptoms and then of pressure, heaviness, back pain. It feels like there's a tampon in your vagina when there isn't. And then we do a pelvic floor assessment where we look through the vaginal opening, ask them to bear down, and we can often see the kind of the wall of the vagina where the bladder is supported kind of pushing through. So you can tell by symptoms and then again, confirm with an, an evaluation. Because lots of pregnant women and, in, in, you know, when they reach, you know, maybe 35, 36 weeks, they're feeling that pressure. Anyway, they're peeing a lot again anyway, but the leaking, is there really a way to train a pregnant bladder to do new tricks like hold in pee? You'd be surprised, Heidi, the pelvic floor can always do new tricks. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard, but I think a lot of what we want to do is help prepare women also for postpartum. So teach them to contract, tighten those pelvic floor muscles before a cough or a sneeze. So they get in the habit of doing that. So postpartum, they already have that maneuver in place, teaching them how to pee without pushing. So a lot of times, a lot of moms are power peers, which means they sit down and they like push really hard when they pee and that can cause more weakness. So in muscles that may already be weak. So we teach them to sit and breathe and relax so that they don't cause more weakness to their muscles. So teaching them a lot of really basic things that maybe no one's ever taught them, but can help prevent issues from getting worse as well. Huh. That's a lot of new tricks I just learned. Although I'm not sure I ever pushed when I was peeing. I'm going to have to think about that next time. <laughs> so speaking of things that are literally impacted by pregnancy, of course, you know where I'm going, constipation. Yes. Big one. And it's there for a good reason. It's a purposeful symptom like most are in pregnancy. And that's the slowing down of digestion. So your baby can absorb more nutrients. Also, you might be taking iron and iron can be constipating. And, you know, we know all about and we've heard over and over about um, staying hydrated and eating the right foods, you know, foods that are high in fiber, taking magnesium. But what we often don't talk about is how the pelvic floor is associated with pooping. And clearly it is. So would you like to enlighten us a bit? Yes. And I love talking about poop because I don't think we realize the, you know, no pun intended, impact it has on our health. I mean, if you take a good poop, you're, the rest of your day is can be amazing. But if you don't take a good poop, then you're like, all right, I'm already grumpy and it's 8 a.m. So you know, your pelvic floor muscles, just like with your bladder, your pelvic floor muscles have to relax in order to empty the bowels where poop is kind of stored. And if those muscles are not relaxing well, it'll get backed up. What happens during pregnancy is, again, your colon is slowing down, the poop gets really hard and difficult to empty. So now you've got this really painful baseball of poop and your muscles aren't relaxing to get it out and it can be excruciating. 
And that's another thing that can lead to hemorrhoids, to fissures, to prolapse. So all of the tips you mentioned, um, probably taking natural calm magnesium is one of my favorites, staying hydrated, you know, avoiding constipating foods, but a lot of us want carbs and sweets and things like that. But the proper way to poop is also helpful. So we teach folks to put a little stool under their feet when they're pooping so that their knees get above their hip height. So it puts you in a squat, which is the best position to relax your pelvic floor. And then we also teach them to exhale when they're pushing poop out versus holding their breath. When you hold your breath, you almost tighten up a little bit, which makes it harder. So we teach them to exhale and breathe out with their feet on that stool. And that can make a huge difference during pregnancy pooping. And it's really easy to remember because stool for your stool. Stool for your stool. You got it. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second-grade teacher, and written by my husband, Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I, I would say everybody hurts sometimes, right? Um, but pregnant women <laughs> seem to hurt a whole lot more than anybody else, especially in the third trimester. That load you're carrying gets bigger and heavier, and pregnancy can be a pain, a lot of pains. Yeah, it's a pain with a purpose because your body's getting ready for childbirth, but that still, must we accept it? Why does it happen? What can we do about it? That is such a great question. And you really nailed it that we don't have to accept it. I think so often we hear that leaking part of pregnancy, back pain part of pregnancy, pooping problems. But there are so many things that we can do to help that we're just not automatically made aware of. And that's where I think physical therapists are really trying to advocate that there is support and help for people during pregnancy. So we talked a little bit earlier about the pelvis as that ring of bones and then the muscles are at the very base. Well, you have your abdominal muscles in the front, which we know are getting stretched out, lengthening, and offering you less support during pregnancy, which can contribute to back pain and postural changes. And you also have little ligaments in that pelvis in the very front at the pubic bone and in the very back at the sacrum. And those ligaments are getting softer because we want the pelvis to expand to accommodate the growing baby. But that also means a little less stability, a little more loosey-goosey joints, and that can cause pain with, you know, getting out of bed, rolling over, getting out of the car, you know, bending over to pick up a toddler. And there are things that can help. We really encourage people to learn how to use their core muscles when they're doing those day-to-day activities. So kind of doing a little pelvic floor and, and pulling in their bellies to give them some core support. We also teach people how to get out of bed so they're not like hiking up with their abs, they're rolling to their side. And, you know, how to get out of a car by keeping their knees together so they're not stressing the pubic bone. And then also I really encourage folks to wear these little belly supports. You know, that is so helpful. It's literally just like a little back brace or a little belly support, but it takes some of the weight off so that you're not carrying this heavy load all the time and you have something that can help make it more comfortable. So that can definitely give your back a break. Now, the hip pain, especially at night, is super uncomfortable for a lot of moms. And getting into a comfortable sleeping position, which you would say is? Lying on your side with a pillow between your knees down to your ankles. So it's kind of sandwiched the whole way through your shins. Um, I like to have one to two pillows under your head. So sometimes we need a little bit more support under the head, a little small pillow underneath the belly, especially during third trimester. And then I always needed something behind my back. I tended to roll into my back a lot. So when I would kind of get into my cozy position on my side with all of my pillows, I'd have my partner like shove a pillow behind my back. So if I kind of rolled over in the middle of the night, I was just still like sideline a little bit versus all the way on my back. So that just gave me some more options. And again, if that hip is in a position where it's kind of cranked forward or, you know, your knees are pressed together, over time, those muscles get tight and tense, which can lead to hip pain. But using some pillows for adjustment can really help. Was there room for your partner on that bed with all those pillows? We got a bigger bed. Okay, good. <laughs> we upgraded to a king. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, what 
exercises should pregnant women avoid that might exacerbate those pains in the back and hips? Are there any? You can really exercise all throughout pregnancy. Some things to start avoiding kind of right around the second trimester are crunches, double leg lifts when you're lying on your back. Most exercises lying on your back, we try to encourage you to lie on your side just to avoid any compression down on, you know, your vessels down below baby. But really holding off on anything that causes that kind of sit up maneuver with your abdomen, because that will cause it to stretch and lengthen and sometimes lead to a separation called the diastasis recti, which looks like a little football or a coning at the midline of your belly. So that's helpful. And then, you know, modifications, if you're doing planks, you know, get down on your knees and do planks. If you're doing push-ups, do them on the wall instead of the ground. And then avoiding like deep lunges where you might stress some of those joints that are a little bit more lax, like we talked about earlier. A lot of moms complain about severe pain in their pelvis, in their hips. And how do you know when it's time to get help for that? I always recommend, by the way, that you go see a pelvic floor therapist. That's always my go-to. But how do you know it's not something more serious, like pelvic girdle pain that can be excruciating? It can feel like your entire pelvis is ripping apart. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. And ideally, I think this is where we want to change the narrative for pregnant moms that if you are having sciatic pain or pubic bone pain, we know that, okay, let's send that mom to see a pelvic PT. And literally within one to two sessions, it can be such a quick fix. So they don't get to the point of debilitating pain. But my rule of thumb is if something is, you know, painful and it's causing distress in your life, if it's causing psychological or physical angst or changes, and it's affecting you, then it's worthy of your attention. It's worthy of you seeking care for it. A lot of the times I think, you know, I can speak for myself as a woman, as a mom, I think I just have to deal with stuff and I don't have time for it. But when it starts impacting my quality of life of socializing with friends or having intimacy with my partner or playing with my kids, that's something that I really should be addressing, no matter if it's a one out of 10 pain or a 10 out of 10 pain. Absolutely. And, you know, you can be strong, but still ask for help. Yes. I think that that's really what takes strength is saying, I need help. Exactly. You can use that in, you know, when it comes to pains, when it comes to other pregnancy symptoms, but also when it comes to your emotions, don't forget, you can be strong and ask for help. Absolutely. Painful sex. There are reasons for painful sex that really, you know, that might not be involving your pelvic muscles. Maybe you have an infection, for instance, you know, having had sexual trauma in your life that can cause painful sex. Is this something that you hear about a lot? You know, the research is really showing us that one in four women will experience painful sex at some point in their lifetime, which is a pretty astounding number. And I think I share that to let women know that it's much more common than we realize and we're just not talking about it. And we read a lot that you may have increased libido or increased sexual desire or more vaginal lubrication during pregnancy. But if you are not having that and you even have pain, you start to think, is something wrong with me? Is everybody else like this? And Some of the common causes we see of painful sex are some of the things you already mentioned, hip pain, back pain. It's difficult to get into some of those positions and just kind of awkward and uncomfortable. The other thing is muscle tension. You know, these are muscles that if they are tight or tense, it's going to make it difficult for something to enter the vagina. It can feel like something's getting bruised or is tender with deeper insertion. You can have pain afterwards, so that can be uncomfortable. And even if there's scar tissue from a previous cesarean birth or a 
previous perineal tear, that can also be a cause of pain, even during pregnancy. So if one in four experience it, probably far fewer actually get treatment for it. And that's, right. it shouldn't have to hurt. It should never hurt. And, you know, I think even we start to think, oh, well, maybe it's a little bit normal, but it doesn't necessarily just go away. I mean, I am a pelvic floor physical therapist. I've had two kids. And even this year, I started experiencing painful sex. And I was like, okay, I need to go see one of the therapists in my office. I need to get worked on. I've been doing too much cycling. And it was, you know, four sessions. But And I was so grateful that I knew this. But it goes to show you, you know, everyone's pelvic floor is susceptible to pelvic floor issues. We just don't always know where to get help. So um, it should not hurt. And if you are having pain with sex, I would encourage you to report it to your medical provider and seek the help of a physical therapist. Certainly men would if they had painful sex. I think about that all of the time. And even with respect to like periods and menstrual health, I'm like, if a quarter of their lives were affected by their periods or something in their pelvic floor, it would be a different story. I'm not male bashing, by the way. I'm just supporting my mom's sisters here. I'm with you. Now, the separation that you spoke of, a lot of people associate the separation of your abdominal muscles with postpartum. Sometimes it gets diagnosed, sometimes it doesn't even. But you, you mentioned um, doming and coning right. shapes, which you can also get when you're having Braxton Hicks though. So how do you know the difference? How do you know you have a separation? And is it too early to start thinking about healing it? So during pregnancy, one of the telltale signs is that, you know, I tell, we have people lie on their back and they do a little curl up. Their legs are straight, they're lying on their back and they curl up their head and shoulders off the ground. And if you look down at your tummy and you see like a little cone in the middle, you'll know exactly what it looks like. It looks like a little bread loaf in the middle of your tummy. That's likely a separation of your abdominals and there's a little bit of pressure coming through behind it. So it's common. There's research to show 70 to 90. Some studies show 100% of women have it during pregnancy, which I think that that's a, a little bit of an inflated number, but it shows us that the pressure isn't being managed well. And I think about diastasis recti or abdominal separation the same way I think about prolapse or pelvic floor weakness. The hammock is getting stretched, but are there things that we can avoid to minimize that? Not doing the sit-ups, not getting out of bed, curling up, you know, watching your core exercises. And then learning to kind of tighten and engage those muscles during day-to-day activities when they could be getting stressed. You know, that's one way. And then Braxton Hicks is a little bit later. We typically have that happening during third trimester. The Braxton Hicks would just be showing you that it's there versus it causing it. So it just kind of shows you, oh, there's more pressure in the tummy. You may see it happen. Yeah, they, they are not fun sometimes. No, not fun ever, I don't think. Uh, no, so. that's true. That's true. Well, they, they can be entertaining to watch. Like, uh, uh, f- at least they were for me, but they, they definitely were not fun to experience. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift... It's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now, the Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. 
as a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. So you also work with women on how to prepare for birth. Yes. What do you think helps most when you're trying to get your body ready for the big day? Should you get a birthing ball? Should you do stretches. What are your best tips? So I think a patient of mine actually put it best when she said, gosh, it's actually nice to learn what to do before you actually have to do it. And during birth, what we are asking women to do or birthing persons to do is to relax their pelvic floors and open them up so that a baby can come on down the birth canal. But if we've never been taught, first of all, we don't even know that there are muscles down there sometimes. And if you've never been taught how to relax them and voluntarily push them open, and you're in the middle of this really vulnerable birthing situation, it's a really difficult thing to do. So during our childbirth preparation, and we do this um, virtually, and we also do it in person, is that we teach women a couple of things. We do teach them how to do perineal massage, which is kind of softening the, t- the tissue at the base of the vaginal opening. That's in an effort to just help relieve some muscle tension if they do have tightness down there or some previous scar can, tissue. Can we talk about that real quick before you move yeah, on? Yeah, let's do it. Hmm, sounds like a crowd pleaser, you know, massage your perineum. <laughs> but lots of moms just can't get behind the idea 
Can you just give us a little tutorial on perineal massage? And would you say it's a DIY project or, you know, should you enlist a friend kind of thing? Both. You can do both. So, you know, at the start of COVID a year ago, we actually did an online course teaching people how to do this because all of the childbirth classes were canceled. And so it really showed us that, wow, people really don't know how to do this. And the perineum is the area between the vaginal opening and the anal opening. There are a lot of nicknames for it. However, the way you massage the perineum is actually by inserting a finger into the vaginal opening and pushing down. So you're kind of pushing into that muscle through the vagina. And I like to think about the vaginal opening like a clock. So you're thinking about from three o'clock all the way to nine o'clock, that lower half, you insert your finger and just kind of push at different points on those clock. Pull down, take a couple deep breaths. It'll feel a little bit burny. Once that burning starts to soften and the muscle relaxes, you go to another spot between three to six until you can kind of sweep all the way across, almost like you're making a little smiley face. I have folks do it starting around 34 weeks of pregnancy. You can do it to yourself. Um, You can do it while you're in the shower with one leg up in like that Captain Morgan position, or you can enlist a partner and friend and have them do it to you as well. So a lot of options and it's not a must. You know, the research is showing it's variable, the effectiveness But I think any way that we can learn how to connect with our bodies, learn how these muscles work is beneficial. And, you know, you will be using these muscles. I mean, unless you have a C-section, but still those muscles are impacted. So I feel either way you win. Well, I agree. I agree. And it's something commonly performed during childbirth. So it's, it's also helpful for them to know what to do prior to birth. Exactly. And if nobody's giving you a perineal massage during childbirth, should you ask for one? Is that one of the best reasons to have a a doula, for instance? You know, I think if it's something that you feel like is effective for you, I don't see why not asking. Other things that have been helpful to soften the perineum are using a warm compress, so even a warm washcloth over the area. And again, you know, back to what we teach women what to do to prepare for birth is we teach them how to breathe when they're pushing. We're finding that a lot of folks are holding their breath when they're pushing. And that's, not helping the muscles relax to get out of the way. And so we're teaching them to push while they're breathing so they're not exhausted, so they're not giving themselves hemorrhoids and prolapse, and they feel like they can effectively relax these muscles. Your pelvic floor muscles don't push your baby out. Your uterus does. And we just want the muscles to get out of the way. And so that's what we're trying to help women do. Well, I guess that's a wrap for pregnancy. We just had the baby leave the building. So we're going to pick back up with you when it's time to talk postpartum. But we can't thank you enough for being on today with the What to Expect community. This was so great. Thank you so much, Heidi. Thanks, Sarah. Ooh, baby love, my baby love, I need you. Oh, how I need you. Thanks for listening. Remember, I'm always here for you. What to Expect is always here for you. We're all in this together. For more on what you heard on today's episode, visit whattoexpect.com slash podcast. You can also check out What to Expect When You're Expecting, What to Expect the First Year, and the What to Expect app. And we want to hear from you. Connect with us on our community message board or on our social media. You can find me at Heidi Murkoff and Emma at Emma Bing WTE. And of course, at What to Expect. Baby Love is performed by Riley Beaterer. What to Expect is a production of iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. In my arms, why don't you stay? Need ya, need ya, baby love, ooh, ooh, baby love. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela Yee is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yemi's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 106.7 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B.